0: Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. I am so glad you tuned in to this broadcast because what we're going to be looking at today and what we're going to be talking about from the scriptures is the fatherhood of God. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the word. Uh, Father, we bless you. We thank you. Now, Lord, we ask you, reveal yourself to us in this broadcast Reveal yourself to us through your word and help us to draw closer to you, not just as God, but as our heavenly father. And we'll thank you and we'll give you praise and honor and glory for that. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, all of us realize that the American family is in trouble today. The breakdown of the man, of the American family has been going on now for decades. Instead of uh, our leaders looking to the scriptures and understanding what fatherhood is, they've gone about social programs trying to fix things, not for the betterment of society, but for their own selfish reasons so that they can get votes and they can stay in power. And as a result of that, the American family has been devastated. Uh, Think about divorce. Think about uh, divorce, not just in the world, but in the church. Uh, divorce between a man and a woman with children and the devastating results that uh, that divorce parenting has caused upon and has voiced it upon uh, the American child. And think about fatherless homes. Think about single parent families and how young boys growing up, they don't know. How to be a, a, a man. Because there's not a man in the house to show them and teach them. And I, I applaud single mothers. I applaud them. I applaud their courage. I applaud, uh, their strength. I applaud everything that they try to do. But the American home needs dads in the home. Dads that will teach their sons to honor to respect uh, their parents and to respect others and how to work, how to grow up and how to be a man. Well, in so many homes today in America, those things are lacking. And I think this is due. And I, I do want to say this, that uh, the problems that we see outside of the church has also crept into the church. There's the same lacking of understanding of the fatherhood of God in the Christian home, as well as outside the Christian home. And so at issue here, and what we're looking at is a lack of understanding concerning the fatherhood of God. You know, we celebrate Jesus and his resurrection on Easter. We celebrate the Holy Spirit and his coming on the day of Pentecost. But what day do we specifically set aside to honor the Father in the church? And the answer is, we don't. And why is that? You know, Jesus said this in John chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son as they honor the Father. And so let's think about this verse of Scripture here. Well, the world, for the most part, does not honor the Son. So how could they possibly honor the Father? And the Scripture says this, I will honor him who honors me. So this is at issue here. And if Jesus is not being honored in the church, then the Father is not being honored. But in those places where Jesus is honored, then the Father is honored too. And there should not be a separation between the two. Because notice what Jesus said to Philip when Philip said, Show us the Father. One, one translation says, show us the Father plainly and we'll be satisfied. But Jesus said to Philip, have I been so long with you, Philip, and yet you don't know me? You don't know the Father? Don't you know that if you've seen me, And really what Jesus was saying, if you if you've seen me, then you know me or should know me. If you've seen me, then you've seen the father and you should know who the father is. So the Gospels portray the fatherhood of God. And how we know that is we see through the lens of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So. The devastation experienced in the American home, both in the Christian home and outside the Christian home. The answer to it and our greatest need in this country is not only to understand the love of God, but to understand the love of the Heavenly Father, whom we call God. And to understand the love of God, then we also must understand first the fatherhood of God. So we ask ourselves the question, how can we know God as father? Well, if we know Jesus through the new birth, then we also come to know the father through new birth. Because Jesus, Scripture declares, is the exact image of the father. Remember again what Philip asked Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 9. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, Philip, then you've seen the Father. And then Paul declares in Hebrews chapter 1 that Jesus is the exact image of the Father. So if we ask ourselves the question, do I know the Father? then we have to reply, yes, I know the Father because I know Jesus. But then we have to also ask ourselves a question. How well do we know Jesus? How well do we know him? Do we know him in prayer and communion? Do we know him after the Spirit? Do we know him by what the scriptures say of him? And when Jesus says, if you know me, then you know my father. You see, the scriptures declare that there's no separation between the two of them. In the beginning was the word. That's what John declares in chapter one and verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with. God. And the word was with God. God. And that Greek phrase pros theos, it leaves the idea that there is an equality between two individuals standing side by side, standing face to face as equals. Jesus is equal in every respect to God the Father, but yet Even though there's an equality, there is a submission among equals. Jesus submitted uh, to the will of God, to the will of his father, by taking upon himself human flesh and coming down in the likeness of human flesh and dwelt among us. So there's a love that is passed from the father through Jesus to you and to me. And it's all and all comes to pass through the new birth. Now David declared this; he declared that God's ways are perfect. And yet Jesus says, "Be ye," says to us today, "Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect." How can you and I be perfect outside of Christ? It's impossible. There's no way. But yet through Christ, through the new birth, we're looked at by God, the father as being perfect in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because to receive new birth is necessitates receiving Jesus. So when Jesus comes into our life, the father comes in and the Holy Spirit manifests the father and the son in us. Praise God. And so the father looks at us as being made perfect. Now, Moses declared in the Old Testament that God is faithful. He does no wrong and that he is just and upright. This makes him the perfect father. Hallelujah. He is the perfect father. He is the perfect father to Jesus and he is the perfect father to all of his children. He is perfect. There's nothing, amen, that uh, uh, that is wrong with him. There is nothing imperfect about him. He is the perfect father in every way. He is perfect in judgment, but he's also perfect in mercy. He's perfect in love. And we know this because the scriptures declare that he's approachable. Jesus talks about this. He talks about how the father knows what we need before we even ask him. Jesus declared that it is the father that has so concerned about us, so involved with us that he's even counted the hair of our head. Earthly fathers, have you done that? Have you counted the hair of your son's head? I don't think so. But the father has. And the father so cares about us that he knows all about our going out. He knows all about our coming in again. And he also knows and looks upon each and every one of our faults. But he sees past our faults and he sees our need. Let's look at this for an example. The children of Israel. They came out of Egypt. God brought them out with a mighty hand. And they were not in the desert too long before they began to murmur and complain against the fatherhood of God. And yet in all the 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness. I want you to think about the fatherhood of God. Their clothes did not wear out. Their sandals did not wear out. God provided them in the desert manna to eat. He sent unto them quail flesh to eat. He provided water for them when they cried out for it. God, our heavenly father, took care of everything that the children of Israel needed as they wandered in the wilderness. And if God did that for a group of people, that didn't know him, that didn't know God as heavenly father, that constantly complained. How much more will he do for those that are born of the spirit and are children of his by new birth? Not only is he approachable, but he is loving. Think about this. Notice what Paul wrote concerning the father. And because you are really his sons, God the father has sent the Holy Spirit of his son into your hearts, whereby you cry, Abba, father. Now, the Greek word Abba gives us an idea of the close relationship That the father God desires with his children, because when someone calls father Abba, what he really is saying intimately, daddy. Papa. An intimate relationship between father and son. See, to the world, God is ruler and judge. But to the child of God, he's father. He's Abba. He's Daddy. He's Papa. He's the one who supplies our every need. He's the one who knows what we have need of before we even ask him. He is the one that is so pleased to give us the kingdom. That's our Heavenly Father. And it is true that our image and our concept of God determines our relationship with him. Like one man said to me many, many years ago, God is a very exacting God. You step out of line once and he's going to judge you. But that's not at all what the scriptures declare the father to be. The scriptures declare to God to be very approachable. A God who answers our prayer. A heavenly father who entreats us to come to him, a father who loves us, a father who provides for us. And we can only read through the Old Testament to know that that is true. So truly, our image and concept of God determines our relationship with him. What do we consider our heavenly father to be? Someone who was far off? someone who is in the third heaven sitting on the throne that doesn't entertain us, that doesn't uh, come to uh, mingle with us. If that's our view of the fatherhood of God, our, God is our heavenly father, then we don't understand him and we certainly don't understand Jesus because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. So we can be secure in the father's love. Now, the Jews, they didn't know the father. Because they didn't know they didn't want to know Jesus. They rejected Jesus and rejecting Jesus. They rejected the father. Remember when the Jews in the Old Testament went to Samuel, said, we want a king. And that really upset Samuel. And Samuel went to the Lord about it. And the Father God says, go ahead, give him a king. And he said this in the John Dunning translation. And Samuel, don't worry about it. They didn't reject you. They rejected me. And there's so many in the church world today because of their lack of understanding the fatherhood of God. They reject the father continually and constantly. Because they don't understand how much he loves them. Let me tell you through the scriptures how much God the Father loves you. I'm reading out of Luke chapter 15. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need and in want. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, notice this now, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But now I want you to notice this. But while this wayward son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Notice that. Down in verse 22, it says the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What a picture of the love of the Father God for you and for me. Notice his father saw him. See, his father was looking for him and saw him while he was away, far off away. The father had compassion. The father ran to him and the father fell on his neck and kissed him. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put a ring in his hand, put sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and let's feast together. See, that's a picture of the father's care. God, the father loves us. He desires to be a part of our everyday life. He loves you because you fell in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the father loves all mankind. But he can only reveal his love for the person who chooses to love his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The father loves to whomever, whoever loves the son. Amen. And the father will come and he will reveal himself to us. Notice what uh, the scripture says concerning the father. Notice this in second Corinthians chapter six, wherefore come out from among the gods of this world and be separated unto me, says the Lord by staying separate from the unclean things of this world and cling to me. And I'll be a father to you and you'll be my sons and my daughters. Notice what the psalmist said in Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father, he loves his sons and has compassion for all of his children to those who reverence and respect him. Notice what Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 31. In the wilderness, you saw how God the Father bore you through it. Just as a father bears his son all the way through the wilderness until you were safely through it and arrived. Notice what Jeremiah says. And the father has appeared to his children, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And therefore, I have drawn you out of darkness and drawn you into the light of my grace and of my mercy. And notice what the apostle John says. Behold, what foreign kind of love the father has bestowed upon us the children of God, those that he has chosen us and he has called us his very own children of God, his very own sons and daughters. And in closing, Peter said this, cast the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries and concerns once and for all on him for our heavenly father Cares for us affectionately and cares about us watchfully. So. The father wants us to know him intimately. And the closer we get to him through prayer and communion, the closer we get to him through the word of God. The close we go through uh, closer to him, we get in obedience and always doing those things that are pleasing to him, the more the Father will reveal his love, his kindness, and his mercy towards us. Hallelujah. Now, I want to ask you, do you know the fatherhood of God? Do you know our heavenly Father? Have you thought about that? Let's get to know the Father. Let's go deeper into him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. who gives life.